Today, I'm here in Wilmington to talk about a second plank, how we could create millions of high-paying union jobs by building a modern infrastructure and a clean energy future. That was the Democratic presidential candidate and former Vice President Joe Biden unveiling his $2 trillion climate plan earlier this month. In the past few months, Joe Biden has gone from being a restoration candidate focused on the promise of restoring United States to a pre-Trump era climate standards to someone who's now setting a bold vision to bring about a historic climate change. Will Joe Biden turn out to be an accidental radicalist like Lyndon Johnson, who took office after JFK's assassination and passed the Civil Rights Act? Or George W. Bush, who was transformed by 9-11 from being a compassionate conservative to a neocon and led this country to two of the longest wars? Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mile Wide, Inch Deep a podcast covering a wide range of topics that I'm passionate about. I am your host, Nagaraju Bandaru, along with co-host Shivani. Please take a moment to rate us on Apple Podcast and provide any reviews. Your engagement and feedback keeps us striving to improve continuously. Today's episode, Will Joe Biden Be an Accidental Climate Change Revolutionist?, discusses the essence of his new climate plan, how his plan compares to the House Select Committee's comprehensive climate recommendations, and finally touches on the politics of climate change in the upcoming general elections. Hi, Shivani. Welcome back to the show. This is a pretty exciting episode for both of us, since it covers a topic near and dear to us. I know you are a big fan of AOC's Green New Deal. What is your reaction to Joe Biden basically taking the playbook from AOC and gang in making it his official policy. I'm elated at Joe Biden's new plan, and in some ways, it's not too surprising. In May, when AOC and John Kerry were made the co-chairs of the climate change panel, it was clear that Biden wanted to open some form of revolution, different from his previous strategy. With that said, I'm curious on your take on his plan, and a number of other climate proposals that have come out this month. To start off, what are some of the highlights of Biden's plan? Seems pretty ambitious and not sure how it's going to be funded. Yes, let me share some highlights. Joe Biden's Build Back Better plan frames the intermediate and long-term climate crises as linked together, requiring some sort of government intervention. A massive program to ramp up electric vehicles, carbon-free power, and energy efficiency throughout the economy. Biden's plan proposes to spend over $2 trillion over the next four years to significantly escalate and accelerate the clean energy projects in this country. Much of the focus will be on reviving the economy in the wake of coronavirus crisis, but with a new focus on enhancing nation's infrastructure and emphasizing the importance of significantly cutting fossil fuel emissions. With this investment, he is also accelerating his timetable to put the United States on track to achieve net zero emissions four years earlier than his original goal of 2050. Biden's plan would establish for the first time a separate Office of Environmental and Climate Justice at the Justice Department. A goal would be addressing the failed environmental policies of the past for communities of color. Disadvantaged communities would receive 40% of the clean energy and infrastructure benefits under his plan. Not only does Biden's plan 
talk about new investments in technology, but there is a massive reinvestment in coal communities across the nation. His plan calls for 250,000 new jobs in the reclamation aspects in coal communities with provisions for worker health and investment in broadband in the rural communities. As far as funding his plan goes, these days printing money is cheap. So if the House and Senate can fall behind a plan, borrowing more money for something so critical for the future should not be an issue. Also, I wouldn't be surprised if Biden undoes some of Trump's corporate tax reductions. And actually, he has proposed increasing the corporate tax rate from 21 to 28%. And finally, I anticipate he'll also find a way to eke out money from the fossil fuel industry post-election. That sounds ambitious, but I know that prior to Biden's announcement, you were researching the House Select Committee's environmental plan and thought it was even more comprehensive. We're here today to provide hope and vision. We are releasing a transformative roadmap for solving the climate crisis. We have a plan for building the 100% clean energy economy, and we are going to do it in an equitable and inclusive way. That was Kathy Castor, the chair of the House Select Committee on Climate Plan, which also announced its transformative recommendations on climate change. Many experts have claimed it to be the most comprehensive climate change plan, and they did not hold back the recommendations for the fear of political inaction due to the magnitude of the proposal. The Democrats' sweeping plan embraces much of the ambition of the Green New Deal, while avoiding the use of name and steering clear of calls for abrupt bans on fossil fuel development such as fracking. The Select Committee Climate Roadmap, which draws on information gathered in more than 100 hearings by Castro's panel and other House committees, calls for all cars sold in the U.S. to be electric by 2035 and electricity to be net zero emissions by 2040. The plan calls for massive jobs programs, including a civilian conservation car, investments in infrastructure, and the cleanup of abandoned mines, as well as tax credits to spur more manufacturing of clean energy components domestically. The action plan calls for protection of 30% of U.S. lands and oceans by 2030, which would be a huge step towards scope and scale of protections needed in the face of climate change. The action plan decisively recognizes that solving the climate crisis requires us to address the unrelenting attacks that corporate polluters unleash on our community's health as well. How does the House Committee action plan compare to Joe Biden's plan? Biden's plan draws a lot of its ideas from the House's proposals, though the House action plan is more aggressive in climate change targets. Biden's plan is more about political calculus than pure mission orientation. He was always someone who has evolved with times, and this proposal is yet another such move. His job's focus on this proposal is clear, and his plans are also about inclusion of Bernie Sanders supporters and generating excitement for liberal left without alienating the centrists. For example, he makes no mention of fracking, which is a key part of the Green New Deal. He also understands that his middle-of-the-road stance will be critical to regain Senate if he has to have any real shot at making progress in these areas. Both proposals emphasize growing our economy from crisis 
by creating clean energy jobs, focusing on health of all Americans impacted due to environmental factors, protecting American land and waters for the next generation, and focusing on social equality and underserved communities. These plans are so ambitious and so exciting that now I'm concerned about Biden's election. What are his chances? And do you think that if he becomes president, this will actually become the law? You know, each president can pick one or two big issues and make it their mission. I think Biden has an opportunity to continue to make reforms in the healthcare areas and make this climate change plan a big reality as well. Climate change will require the Senate to be flipped for sure. As long as the climate change and his jobs and infrastructure aspects are messaged well, there is a possibility that he will have the Senate as well. And his four years could then prove to be very productive in accomplishing these outcomes. Biden is ahead both in the national polls and in swing states. So hopefully all of these promises can be pursued. But we still have a long way to go. And if the last election was any hint, it is not done until that final ballot is counted. While I can't imagine another four years of the Trump administration, what does happen if he wins? While Trump is unlikely to change any of his congressional proposals or approve federal funds for climate change initiatives, one thing we should all know is that if COVID-19 has shown us something, it is that clean energy transformation is well on its way. I read the other day that we could pay off all the coal plants in the nation with about $10 billion. And that includes providing positive return for all the stakeholders who care about coal economy and the communities. A lot of the Republicans and Democrats can agree on infrastructure spending, and I anticipate we'll make concrete progress on the transportation and clean energy infrastructure. Various state governments and courts are now unblocking solar, wind, and storage projects to change the utility grids and power agreements to enable faster deployment of clean energy solutions. I'm sure EPA and Trump administration will create impediments after impediments, but I don't see how even they can stop the deployment of climate change projects completely. We'll just have to wait and see then. I certainly hope climate change is truly an election issue this time, so people will know who to vote for. I can't wait to get to next year with a new administration and the prospect of a brighter future. That's all, folks, for this episode. Thanks for listening. Once again, please send us any feedback to feedback at milewideinchdeep.com and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.